This is Herb Montgomery, and I want to take this opportunity to thank all of you who are supporting the work of Renewed Heart Ministries. It's people like yourself that enable us to exist and to be a positive resource in our world in the work of survival, resistance, liberation, restoration, and transformation. If you're unfamiliar with Renewed Heart Ministries, we are a not-for-profit group that is passionate about centering a set of values and ethics in the experiences of those on the undersides and margins of our society informed also by the sayings and the teachings of the historical Jewish Jesus of Nazareth. If you'd like to support our work, I'll tell you how you can do so at the end of this podcast. But for now, we simply want to thank you for listening. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 194 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. This week's title is The Sign of Jonah for this generation, and our feature text is Sang's Gospel Q 11, 16, and 29 through 30. But some were demanding from him a sign, but he said, This generation is an evil generation. It demands a sign, and a sign will not be given to it, except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah became to the Ninevites, a sign, so also will the Son of Man or Son of Humanity be to this generation. Our companion text this week is Matthew 12, 38 through 40. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And Luke eleven sixteen and 29-30, others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. As the crowds increased, Jesus said, This is a wicked generation. It asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was a sign to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. This week's saying, I, I think, is another challenging one. First, the saying is based on the Jewish story of, of Jonah, uh, a big fish, and the Syrian capital of Nineveh. And the Jewishness of this story and its specific application to the Jewish citizens in Galilee and Judea may be one of the reasons uh, why it doesn't appear in the more Platonic collection of Jesus' sayings in the Gospel of Thomas. But there's a lot in these verses that, that bears all the marks of belonging to a first-century Jewish liberation rabbi and, and a prophet for the poor. The ancient city of Nineveh was known for decimating the poor and the vulnerable. And Assyria, uh, of which Nineveh was the capital, was also the empire that was responsible for annihilating the people in the northern territories of Israel. In the Hebrew scriptures, scriptures, Jonah arrives at Nineveh with a message that Nineveh's time is up and their account has been called due. And his message is not a, it's not a warning and it's not a call to repentance. It's simply an announcement. In 40 days, Nineveh is going to be destroyed. And what happens next in the story is that the king calls the people throughout the empire to repentance. The, the people repent and Israel's God has a change of mind and, and calls off the threatened destruction, and now Nineveh will be spared. And I believe Jonah's response is the point of the whole Jonah story. He's enraged at God's change of heart. It says in uh, Jonah 4, 1 through 3, But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? 
This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, kill me now, for it is better for me to die than to live with these Ninevites. The point of the story is to point to a more inclusive worship of Yahweh among the Hebrew people. Jonah would rather be dead than to share the earth with them, and the story seems to rebuke him for this. If any of us are excluded, ultimately it won't be because we did not believe in a world that can include us or ourselves, but because we could not stomach a world where others are included that we feel should be excluded. That's the story behind this week's saying. And the question I want us to consider is, what is this sign of Jonah spoken of in both Matthew and Luke's versions? And there's a long tradition based on Matthew's version, um, and it assumes the historical reliability of the story of, of Jonah's big fish. And that's Matthew 12, 40. We just read it. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And in short, for Matthew's community, the sign of Jonah, it was about Jesus's resurrection. As Jonah was in the belly of a fish for three days, so Jesus will be in the grave for three days and then be resurrected. And, and if this is what the sign of Jonah refers to, it's more plausible that this is a section of the saying uh, that, that was added by Jesus's followers after the resurrection event rather than a prediction Jesus made beforehand. And this interpretation, I think, uh, it actually produces more questions than answers, especially in our, our, our worldview today. Um, at least for me, it does. It produces for me more questions than it does answers. It's also curious that Luke doesn't go in this direction. Luke defines the sign of Jonah very differently. In Luke, the big fish story is left out. And so is the resurrection as a sign. In Luke, Jonah himself, his his arrival, his his message, uh, these are the 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 only. This is the only sign the Ninevites receive. It says in Luke eleven twenty nine through thirty, as the crowds increased, Jesus said, "This is a wicked generation. It asks for a sign, but none will be given it except for the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah." was assigned to the Ninevites. So also will the Son of Man be to this generation. Jonah came with a message of, of judgment against the wicked, and the Ninevites, with no assurance that the repentance would avert their destruction, they took a risk and they repented anyway. Jesus' audience in the first century is also a society or a generation that is oppressing the poor and will reap the intrinsic disaster that this eventually brings. And the poor and, and economically oppressed in any community are always the ones that are susceptible to militaristic, hate-speaking, and charismatic messiahs who, who promise a new day if they will follow them. Josephus tells us that it was the poor and the economically exploited who formed the body of rebels that, that took control of the temple uh, away from the the, 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 the Jewish elites and, and led the rebellion against Rome. The very first thing they did when they gained control of the temple was to burn the record of debts that they owed to, to the wealthy aristocrats. Uh, this is from uh, Josephus himself, and I'll put a link to it in, in this week's e-site. But the Sicarii, and remember that's the violent radical zealots, and lower class citizens forced their way into the temple and joined themselves with the revolutionary priests. Together they forced the royalists out of the upper city, the troops and Ananias 
Ananias take refuge in Herod the Great's palace, and the rebels burn the house of Ananias and the palaces of Agrippa and Bernice, along with the record office destroying the records of outstanding debts. And that's a summary of, of Josephus's description. And again, I'll put a link to, to where you can read that in the war chronology there on uh, josephus.org uh, there in the east side. But the end result is tremendously sad. Forty years after Jesus, uh, a violent backlash breaks out in Jerusalem and escalates to violent revolt against Rome. And the outcome is total annihilation of Jerusalem. And Jesus, like Jonah, he came warning of destruction that was on the horizon. Jesus warns about the intrinsic consequences of injustice and and was more, and, and those consequences were it was more organic than imposed. And it was an announcement, though nonetheless, by Jesus. And whereas Jonah was said to to he was sad, it says to to, to see Nineveh turn and repent. Jesus was sad to see his community fail to do so. And just as the only sign given to Nineveh was Jonah and his message, Jesus and Luke tells us the only sign that will be given to his generation is himself and his message. And both versions of this week's saying, uh, both Matthew's and Luke's, conclude the men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. And what relevance uh, might this story have to what we're experiencing here in America this week? In 2010, Noam Chomsky wrote these words, and I'll, I'll give you a reference in this week's e-site as well for this, a, a link uh, for, for this also. Uh, the United States is extremely lucky that no honest, charismatic figure has arisen. Every charismatic figure is such an obnoxious crook that he destroys himself like McCarthy or Nixon or the evangelist preachers. If somebody comes along who's charismatic and honest, this country is in real trouble because of the frustration, disillusionment, and justified anger and the absence of any coherent response. What are people supposed to think if someone says, I've got an answer, we have an enemy? There it was the Jews. Here it will be illegal immigrants and the blacks. We will be told that white males are a persecuted minority. We will be told uh, we have to defend ourselves in the honor of the nation. Military force will be exalted. People will be beaten up. This could become an overwhelming force. And if it happens, it'll be more dangerous than Germany. The United States is the world power. Germany was, a, was powerful, but had more powerful antagonists. I don't think all this is very far away. If the polls are accurate, it is not the Republicans, but the right-wing Republicans, the crazed Republicans, who will sweep the next election. And Noam Chomsky, he penned this six years ago. Um, could, could we, as um, an American society, could we be on a path similar to the society in Jesus's time and place. And what so many disenfranchised people in Jesus's day thought were solutions ended up bringing untold destruction to everyone involved. And yes, our society needs healing. It needs fixing. But whatever great again means, it has to be great. It has to mean great for everyone. We must define it as justice for everyone. And we cannot afford 
to solve the problems of the future for ourselves at the expense of someone else because all we have is each other. And I wrote this some weeks ago, but I think it's even more relevant this week. And this is from uh, our e-site and our podcast, Looting a Strong Person. There's an intrinsic relationship of cause and effect. Whether the inequality is rooted in disparities based on gender, class, race, orientation, gender identity, age, ability, whatever, history bears out that the fruit of inequality is not security for the future, but greater vulnerability and risk for us all. So with this in mind, uh, let's contemplate what warnings exist for us today as we're challenged to, to continue our work of transforming our world into a safe home uh, for us all. This is Sings Gospel Q, 11, 16, and 29 through 30. But some were demanding from him a sign, but he said, This generation is an evil generation. It demands a sign, and a sign will not be given it, except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah became to the Ninevites a sign, so also will the Son of Humanity be to this generation. Heart group application this week. This week, I want you to brainstorm together as a group, and, and I want you to make these lists. Number one, what does resistance to injustice look like? for you and your heart group as you follow Jesus's example of choosing the path of of solidarity with those on the undersides of our society. List five ways that that you could participate in the work of resistance and and be creative. One example, uh, and I didn't write this in the the e-site, but I'll share it with you here in the podcast. One example is if it does come down to uh, making all Muslims register, Christians should be the first in the line to sign up um, if they care about religious freedom at all. Uh, Number two, what does mutually working for the survival of those in your heart group look like? If you were to follow Jesus' example in the ways that you listed in number one, uh, in the first question, what, what does that look like? What does survival look like for your heart group? And how can you support each other in this? And list at least five ways that you can support one another in the work of survival while you are resisting, and be creative with that. And then number three, uh, stay focused on thriving, not just for yourselves uh, at others' expense, but in a world where we all can thrive. And pick something from each list that you created, and, and, and together put each into practice this week, where you're resisting injustice, but you're also surviving, and not just surviving, but you're thriving. So thank you again, each one of you, for checking in with us this week. Keep living in love. Uh, And remember, that's a love that's characterized by resistance, survival, liberation, liberating the oppressed and the disenfranchised, restoration and transformation uh, till hope shines bright again, or for some, uh, till hope shines for the very first time. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Thank you once again for listening. Everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries is done with the purpose of making these resources as free as possible. And to do so, we need the help of people like yourself. If you'd like to support the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, you can make a one-time gift or become one of our monthly contributors by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking on the Donate tab at the top right of the homepage. Or you can mail your contribution to Renewed Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 1211, Lewisburg, West Virginia, 24. 
888-264-4901. Make sure you also sign up for our free resources on our website, and we have a monthly newsletter that we mail out, and there's just much, much more. Remember, everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries is for free, and every little bit helps. And anything we receive over and above our annual budget, we happily pass on to other not-for-profits that are, are we feel are making both systemic and, and personal differences in the lives of those less privileged within our status quo. And for those already supporting our work, again, thank you. Together we are making a difference, making our world a safer, more just, more compassionate home for us all.